and welcome to the fourth episode of IBE. I'm Isabel, the host of this podcast. In today's episode, we will talk about one of the subjects common to IB, which is geography. We'll talk about, uh, I guess, the different components of what you learn in the geography syllabus and also what to expect for assessments such as IA and EE. Before we go on, do follow us on Instagram at the IB Experience to get updates when we post new podcast episodes. And we also have an email, myibexperience at gmail.com. So feel free to drop us questions on tackling the IB. That's myibexperience at gmail.com. Today I'm joined with two of my friends, Joshua, who oh. we also known as Jui, and uh, Rachel. Hello. So, Rachel, would you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, friends. I'm Rachel, and I finished my IB this year, and I take physics, chem, math as HL, and um, I take SL geography. Three. Yeah, my name is Joshua, and um, yeah, I also finished IB this year, and the subjects that I took at HL were econs, lit, and geog, and then SL. Uh, I took Chinese, B, chem, and math. And how do we all know each other? Okay, uh, so how we all know each other is we all went on this trip called AIA together. Which is also know how I know Joseph from the last episode, which you should have watched. Uh, but uh, Dwee and I, uh, I call him Dwee because his surname is Wee. And there are so many Joshua. So everyone calls Joshua Dwee. And uh, we are classmates. And I know Rachel because she was from MGS with me. But I was in the IP program and... Rachel was from the O level. Yeah. So, Rachel, would you like to share anything uh, about transitioning from O levels to IB? And I guess your general experience about, about being an ACS. Okay, so at first I was really apprehensive, but I guess that was just my preconceived ideas of ACSI that everyone was super smart. And because I didn't go through the IP program, I was inferior, but now having gone through IB, I realized that um, going through O-levels actually helped me tackle common tests, prelims, and DIB exams uh, more easily. And I feel that whatever insecurities that I had at the beginning was just, um, was just because of me feeling inferior. But I guess the important thing that I learned through all this is how to embrace new challenges with perseverance and an open mindset. So I'm pretty sure that all O-level kids can do IB well. Mm. But when coming to AC, do you feel there's like a culture shock in any way? Or there are some technicalities of IB that you kind of had to overcome? Culture-wise, I think there wasn't much of a culture shock because I was sure MJS and it was also a Methodist school. So I and there were a lot of familiar faces from MJS because I had friends uh, from the IP. Um, then knowing boys was different because like I was in a girls' school for four years, so that was new. In terms of academics, I remember on the first day of orientation, um, the teacher showed an entire physics EE on the screen, and I was so intimidated and I thought to myself how can I produce this 
at the end of two years. But I realized that I could do it with the help of my seniors and teachers and all the support that I've gotten. I guess my advice to O-level kids is don't, don't be intimidated too much because it is, I mean, it's definitely doable with the support of teachers and seniors and all, yeah. But one thing I have to say, right, like, it really helped me um, do the exams because I remember that after prelims, like, I was walking to the bus stop and then there was this guy who was like, oh, I didn't expect prelims to be so intense and then I was like, what do you mean it's... <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's like... It's it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel taking a... Taking an exam at the end of four years for O-level and then after that taking exams after two years, like, you're more used to the rigor of, like, Singapore examinations. Whereas for us, our last major exam to be photos was PSLE. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Rachel, for sharing about, I mean, your experience coming to IB while Tree is just fascinated with a textbook, geography textbook. And since we are looking at a geography textbook, let's go into uh, the bulk of what we want to discuss today, which is about geography. So for context, uh, Joshua Tree, he chose geography for high-level subject, and Rachel chose geography as a standard-level subject. So their experiences will be a bit different. Uh, but Tree, Rachel, why did both of you decide on geography? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I think I chose Geog because, I mean, I've had Geog like going up. Uh, I chose it first in Sec 3, then I went on to choose it in, in Year 5. So I think there are two reasons why people take Geog. Either, well, this is what I feel. I feel like there are only two reasons. And the first one is, is because uh, they think Geog is very easy. And so they just get a free 7, which is why a lot of people take Geog, I feel. And then the second reason is because people actually really, really like the subject and they really enjoy studying it. So I think my decision in set three to take job was really, really just because it was an easy subject and I was just going for a free seven. Um, but then I think through set three and set four, I really, really learned to enjoy the subject line. I had good teachers. Uh, and so that led me to take job in year five, because I think I really enjoyed it as a subject. Yeah. Okay, so how I ended up taking job was that for a bit of background, I didn't take geog or history in upper sec oh. because I took a third language in place of humanity, so I kind of found a loophole in the system. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I came to year five, I realized that it's compulsory to take a group three subject, but actually mm. I was open to all the group three subjects uh, after mm. deciding my HLs. So I went for the... IB morning and I went through all I went to all the group three books and I talked to the seniors and the teachers and I found that geog was actually a very interdisciplinary subject and personally after studying geog I realized that quite a few topics are actually borrowed from other subjects. For example the climate change topic in paper two is almost entirely borrowed from topic eight of physics, which was which was nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Dre talked about how people think it's an easy seven. Did you consider any of those criteria? Or is it purely just because it was interesting to you? To me, I thought that econs would be an easy seven because... SL, SL econs. Because uh, of the fact that so many people take it. And then uh, 
there are a lot of teachers and I had this impression that if there's if there are a lot of teachers teaching the subject there's a good support system in place for students to do well which which I guess is true okay but one thing I have to say right is choosing geog as an SL was was actually a good decision because there are only five topics and within the five topics there are many overlaps within the topics and also yeah. with other subjects yeah. so I felt that I had less to study and also I, I engineered my case studies in a way that I could reuse it for different questions and topics. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm coming from a HL history point of view, so I did not take geography. Noobs! <laughs> and uh, what is the differences between taking HL geography and SL geography? Okay, so for SL, we have five topics three topics in paper two and two topics in paper one and IA which is 25%. Compared to HL which has um which has six for paper one and two combined. So it's three and then three. And then we actually have extra paper three, which is another three, so that's nine in total. Cool. Was there a particular aspect of geography that you enjoyed studying in? Because from my very limited ignorant knowledge, I know that geography is roughly split into physical geography and human geography. Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So which which aspects did, did you all like to study? My favorite topics in SL Geog were both from paper two, global climate change and resource consumption. Mm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> okay, so for global climate change, it was almost entirely borrowed from topic 8 of physics and resource consumption was interesting to me because um, it just made me realize how interconnected all our resources are and it also, uh, I, I actually enjoyed um, writing out the case studies for countries with different levels of resource security and when I saw that question in the exam I was like, yeah, <laughs> oh that's good. I, I came into to IB job thinking that I, I hated physical geography because pretty much most of SEC4 was all human and that was really fun. So there's things like tourism, that's like pretty fun. But then I remember doing SEC3 and SEC3 was all about coastal erosion and all these kinds of waves and the swash and the backwash and it was full of nonsense and I hated it. So I thought that um, physical was boring and that human was better. But then in year five, I realized that urban studies it's just horrible. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think there's one particular topic that was easier, especially paper one. I think for me, I enjoyed the, the paper three topics. I mean, like a broader understanding uh, of like global connections and stuff like that. I think, sure, paper one is cool, but it's, it's it wasn't very applicable and I didn't really enjoy it very much. Like all the volcanoes and, and because you have to do fresh water, but I think the future batches of IB students will get to do tourism instead of fresh water, which is really, really so much better for them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think paper three topics were more enjoyable for me. Actually, personally, I felt like paper three is a paper where it's easier to score, honestly, because for paper three, it's all about globalization and then diversity and culture and, uh, and then how that's impacting the way that uh, countries work at the international stage. And I feel like, because there are three topics for paper three, three separate topics, but they're all very, very linked and they're all synoptic. So they're all very, very close to each other. And it's actually not that hard to, to score well for paper three. You just need to be good at, at, at smoking and writing your way through an essay. 
So even though I have extra content to study, I felt like the extra paper actually would have benefited me in some some manner. Yeah. yeah. The syllabus is being revised. Is it? It's like the same syllabus, but they just chose it. Okay. But like, wait, your sure for water is not there. Pretty sure, because they were studying tourism last year. Of course, the thing is right. Like, if I were to say something about freshwater, is that I found freshwater the most difficult because I didn't have yeah. prior experience. So when he was talking, I had like no idea, like nothing at all. Then I went when your teacher was talking. Yeah, yeah. But what do you mean experience? You mean we've done freshwater before? No, I didn't study German. So oh, before. okay. So, I see what you mean. So I didn't know what were like meanders, braided channels, and everything. So I, so. Because the notes that the school gave was more of like case studies, but I feel like you can't understand the case studies without without like content knowledge. So I had to go through the study guide and read and watch YouTube and yeah. all that to understand yeah. freshwater. But for the other topics, I felt that prior knowledge, I wasn't disadvantaged. But generally coming from someone who had no geography experience yeah. until you took the IB, uh, you felt you weren't disadvantaged. Yeah, except yeah. for the freshwater. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to talking about the IA, uh, the geography IA. Anything you all want to share? When you're choosing your IA, you actually have to choose a topic that is so-called related to one of the topics that you're studying. And so some people in like other countries will do really, really fantastic stuff. They'll do things like culture. They'll look at like the urban, like you know, how culture like varies from place to place. And it's really, really cool. But our school tends to limit us to the topics that are easier to get assigned for. So generally, we'll do things like infiltration and microclimate because these are very, very measurable, quantitative data kind of things. Yeah, so I think that's why Rachel chose soil infiltration. Yeah. Okay, so I did my IA on infiltration rates. And my teacher emphasized that using homemade apparatus is very good because it shows initiative on your part and it shows that you're resourceful but however if you don't go through this homemade apparatus route you can borrow things from the labs before they close and before they run out <laughs> so um and then the thing is that the homemade apparatus that you make like for example the for me i made the double ring infiltrometer using two metal tins and also I did like the jar test to characterize the soil but the thing is these um, methods they're not perfect so I guess in your evaluation it is very important to acknowledge that they are not perfect and uh, other implications that may result as due to the apparatus that you have used. Yeah, actually I did I did the same thing as Rachel, pretty much the exact same thing. So I also went into soil infiltration and I did my experiment around the school. So I, I would have to go to school like almost every day and then uh, stick my double ring infiltrometer into the ground and pour water and then just wait for it to, to drop to a certain level and then stop the clock. And it was, honestly, IA was a quite a horrific experience for me because it was really, really difficult. I expected it to be much easier than say like a science IA, but it... it it really was quite frustrating because for the first like three weeks that I went down and I went down almost like three times or four times a week, I would uh, put it into the soil and then I'd pour water and then the thing would just pop out, like the infiltrometer would just pop out of the ground and it wouldn't stay there. And it was really, really hard to collect data. 
for those people that think that the geog IA is going to be way, way easier than a science IA, it does definitely still does have its challenges. Uh, and then there is quite a bit of research that, that you'll have to do on top of it. Uh, yeah. I remember Dree looking for soil around the school. I remember helping Dree dig up soil yeah. and putting it into yeah. the pots. Yeah. I had this... Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to go around the school and, like Rachel said, the, the jar test. So what the jar test is, is you scoop soil out of the ground, you put it into a jar, you put water, you shake it, and then you leave it for a few days. And then it will separate into three different distinct layers, and you can see the composition of the soil. Do you have any uh, other advice on the IA, such as writing, meeting deadlines, etc.? Or, in your opinion, was just the data gathering the hardest part? Okay, so another thing about the job IA, um, is that statistical analysis of the data is almost compulsory, right? Yeah. Like, it is strongly, strongly encouraged. And at that time when I was doing that, the stats part, the stats part wasn't covered in math. So basically, I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to uh, do the stats analysis, like the ANOVA test. And my teacher required us to get the f values from the table on the internet but just to be sure i use like the excel the excel sheet to confirm that whatever values i'm getting is correct and like i'm going in the correct direction and also my teachers gave notes on the different types of tests statistical tests that may be applicable to different ies so reading up the extra reading up was was challenging i see i see yeah, the stats test was probably the hardest part, I think. One of the hardest parts. Because you needed to know like which kind of stats test yeah, to exactly, use. Yeah. There were there are like five or six different kinds that you can use. There's like the T test, there's a two tail, then there's this Pearson's and then there's ANOVA. So I used ANOVA for my EE and I thought I could do the same for my IA, but I couldn't, you see. So I had to go and find out a whole different other process of learning how two different stats tests works. And as an SLMS student it's not it's not the most intuitive thing to, to do. Yeah. So I think the census was quite difficult, but uh, I think a word of advice would just be um, to ask your seniors or to ask your, your teachers uh, really which stats test is most appropriate for the variables that you're looking into. Because I had a friend who did the entire stats test and the entire process and submitted uh, his EE as a draft, and I mean his IA as a draft, and then the teacher came back and said, oh, the whole stats test component is actually wrong and it's uh, not very applicable because like for ANOVA, I think it's like a you need a certain number of variables yeah. compared to at different times if you if you want to use that certain test. Whereas like with a Pearson's, it's just a y and an x value and that kind of thing. Yeah. I would add as a note though that the stats test. Okay, I might be wrong, but I feel the stats test the difficulty is not just in geography, but it could also be in a science science IA as well. Because I remember I also struggled quite a bit with stats test when I was doing my SL biology IA. Y'all have that problem with chem? Yeah, I think it was a bit more straightforward with chem. Maybe it's just the subject itself. Chem IA did not require stats test, but mm. for EE, my teacher encouraged me to do one. But at that time, I had already learned it in math, so... Yeah. I think yeah. different subjects just have a different rigor of what kind of... Yeah. Or how much... You, and, and in geog, it's really quite essential that you do it properly, thoroughly. Moving on to the extended essay. Uh, only Dree did the extended essay for geography. Uh, Dree, how was the extended essay process like? 
Yeah, so for the EE, I, I, I started out with some crazy ideas because with EE, you, you're really just allowed a lot of space to go and choose or this, the IB allows you a lot of space to go and choose whatever topic you like uh, and just to go and pursue that and do a, uh, an analysis and an essay on it. And so I came up with some crazy ideas about looking at Queenstown as a satellite city and then like as a uh, looking at gentrification in, in the area and then it just got completely shut down by my teacher. Yeah, so I think for EE, despite the fact that there's like free reign over like entirely what you want to do, you should go small and go for the safer topics because anyway, the school is going to censor you if you go for some airy-fairy topic. Um, so I, I did microclimate uh, and uh, it was it was challenging at first, not just because it was difficult, but also because I didn't really have very much interest in it. But then I grew to understand that, okay, it's actually quite interesting. Uh, and I think... So there were a few parts to it. So the first part is the data collection. And Rachel mentioned earlier about um, getting your equipment from the lab early. And that was something that was very, very difficult for me because I think there was a, a certain point where either there was a lockdown or there was like a two weeks break in school where we couldn't come to school or there was a holiday or something like that. And I, I had to get my data before the holiday or during the holiday. Was that this year? Yeah, it was this year. Yeah, there was like two weeks where I, I needed the equipment. And I got, had to get my teacher to write into the lab. And then I had to plead with the lab deck to, to, to let me borrow the equipment. So it was a Kestrel meter. And pretty much everybody in school is going to be either doing soil or air for their IA and EE. And so everybody is going to want to use the Kestrel meter. And you need to get it early. Yeah, so that's the first part, that data collection. You really need to get the equipment. Uh, and then I kind of didn't know what I was doing. when I went into the data collection process. I didn't do enough research. So I just went hit in and just collected data and then just press, 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 and then came back with results that looked actually very nice. Uh, and the trend was nice. But then when I showed it to my teacher, she was like, no, you can't do this because apparently the number of data points I had taken was too small. And then even if there was a perfect line of correlation, right, the fact that there were two little data points meant that I would immediately fail my stats test. Yeah, so I had to go back and I had to redo. I couldn't just add on because it had to be like on the same day. I had to redo my entire thing. Yeah, so I think a word of advice would be to be very, very clear about um, what you're doing and how many points there are and for the duration and the scale of what you're doing, is it appropriate? Is it enough? Not just for your EE, but also for the stats test itself because that's something that's very important. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the writing process was a challenge for me, though. No. Mm. Yeah. No, I think those tips were very useful. Uh, Rachel and Dre, if y'all were at the geography booth, on IB morning, trying to convince juniors, encourage juniors to consider geography. Uh, what will you say? How do you sell the subject? The thing is, I don't want someone to take geography because I told them to. I feel like if you take geography, it's because firstly that you're interested in it, and secondly that you know that you can handle it. So honorable. Yeah, I really, I really don't want to force someone to do it. But at the same time, because people, like you went for IB morning, people encourage yeah. you for it. So in okay, turn, uh, what would you say? In terms of encouragement, right? Like I remember there was this girl at the at the booth. I asked her like, why should I take geog instead of econs? Because econs was like the most popular choice, and actually she took both geog and econs, and she said that it was. 
the, the, the case studies were really interesting for her and that you have complete freedom to choose whatever case studies that you want. So, and that was appealing. Like the freedom was appealing. So I went for it. And also she told me not to, not to be afraid that I would lose out on econs. Like, although sometimes I feel financially illiterate. She told me that, that because it's so interdisciplinary, right? You, you know a little bit of everything. So I know a little bit of history of the places that I've studied. I know about the economic factors in terms of GDP and all that. So sometimes I ask myself, have I lost out because I don't take econs? But then I realize that I've gained so much more by taking job. Actually, just to add on, I think actually the entire of Unit 4 for econs, I didn't study it at all. Because it's pretty much just all geography. And it's things like MNC. So Econ's Unit 4 is things like MNCs, things like aid, and things like um, yeah, financial aid, debt, um, what else? Just, Poverty cycle. Yeah, all these kinds of things, which are all really just covered in geography already. So I think it really is quite linked, like what Rachel said. And then the other topics in Econ's, like Unit 1, Unit 2, and Unit 3, are just very, very, very specific things, like theory of a firm, unless you really want to go into Econ's then I don't think you're missing out on anything by taking job over econs because you do still get to learn about the economic perspective and how to understand things in a financial manner when you do take geography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you take HL because the paper tree really, really helps you on this part. Yeah. Uh, we've come to the end of this podcast episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in and thank you so much Dri and Rachel, uh, the Dri the sheep hey. and, and Rachel for just uh, coming to share about their experiences uh, taking geography and IB and do stay tuned for other episodes, do follow the IB experience on Instagram to be kept up to date on whenever we release new episodes and that's it, thank you all for listening, bye!